It's game week before the opener for Purdue as the Ryan Walters era begins with a visit from Fresno State. Let's get an early preview on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here. Tom Deanhart as well. Tom, in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Game week is here. Boilermakers and Bulldogs at noon on Saturday in Rossade Stadium. Tom, um, excited for the week. A lot of intrigue going into this week, I think. Uh what do we know? What do we expect? What do we think we will see on Saturday out of Purdue? Yeah, you know, with no exhibition games and very limited view of the team throughout camp, it's sometimes really hard to tell as far as details go, Kyle. But I think offensively, we know it's an air raid-based attack. And they're going to work at a at a very tempo. I think I'm going to be up-tempo. I think we're going to see a lot of no-huddle. Maybe they huddle up at times as well. Try to get the ball out quickly. and. And ideally, be balanced, but I think probably tilt toward more pass than run. And then defensively, I expect, you know, that five-man front to be very aggressive for those outside linebackers to try to get upfield. Them to try to, you know, again, play aggressive, try to create negative plays and get turnovers. So just a lot of intrigue. And again, kind of a lot of unknowns as, as Ryan Walter sticks the lid off his, his Purdue career here on Saturday. Yeah, I think offensively it'll be interesting to see sort of that balance between what uh, Purdue wants to do, throwing the ball in, and what is a you know typical air raid type offense, but also knowing uh, that you have a quality running back and Devin Mockaby, who might be your your biggest offensive weapon. We also know that Purdue under Jeff Brom, I think the last five seasons was last, 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 last eleventh <laughs> in the Big Ten in rushing offense. So, you, I mean, I think Purdue will improve in that direction on on uh, being able to run the football, but you still think they're probably somewhere around 60-40 in terms of throwing the ball? Yeah, we might guess, and a lot of times these short passes can sort of serve as de facto runs. I think we'll see them get the ball out to Devin Mockaby on quick passes, and Tyrone Tracy, too. Yeah. I think they've got a nice collection of running backs that can, again, not just run it, but also catch the ball. So, again, a lot of those short passes can almost serve as, as sort of runs, if you will. So, yeah, it's um, like I said, I, I, I do expect it probably to, to lean a little bit more toward the pass. But, again, Kyle, I think they got three good backs in Mockaby, Tracy, and Dylan Downing that they're going to want to utilize. And, and I think they'll, like all offenses, they'll take whatever the defense has given them. And I tell you what, they're, they're going to be facing a, a pretty sage coaching staff in Fresno State. they got a very veteran defensive coordinator in Kevin Coyle, who's been, who's in the NFL for a long time. Of course, their head coach, too, Jeff Tedford, a 61-year-old guy who's been around the block, Kyle, seen a lot of things. He was Aaron Rodgers' coach at Cal. So um, it's, a, it's a, a very well-schooled Fresno coaching staff. I mean, you got to be interested in what we're going to see defensively, uh, you know, <laughs> When's the last time that you just felt like you were curious about Purdue's defense, at least to the level that you are uh, curious to see what Purdue is doing offensively? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by by what we'll see here uh, out of Purdue, how aggressive it will be. 
whether it can play that aggressive in the front and and not leave uh, the cornerbacks and, and safeties out to dry in the back half. Uh, that'll be pretty interesting on Saturday. Yeah, it will be. And uh, Kevin Kane's going to be calling the defense for the first time, um, at least in a few years. He never called it at Illinois because Ryan Walters was. So he's sort of taking the reins of the defense uh, on Saturdays. And uh, I think he is going to want to be aggressive. I'm sure Ryan Walters' fingerprints will be all over this scheme as well. He'll be offering suggestions on Saturday too, but you're right. Um, the strength for me in this defense is up front. The outside linebackers we've talked about a lot in the offseason, the run-up here to, to game day, Nick Scourton, of course, Corday Sidner, Kydrin Jenkins off the edge at outside linebacker. I think they've gotten better on the interior too, Kyle. They've gotten a lot bigger bringing in those three SEC players. And you're right, Um the focus really then shifts to that back end and in the cornerback spot in particular that you were talking about. How are they going to hold up if they have to play man coverage for an extended period of time? So it's a totally revamped cornerback room. There's not one veteran back. Every player who's a cornerback on that roster is a transfer or a true freshman. they got some veterans back there. Uh, but again, I think they're really going to be on the spot here, sadly, going against Fresno State, which – I guess it's worth noting it will be breaking in a new quarterback. Yeah. So how do you think the marriage between Purdue's offense and defense will work? I'm, You know, I, at Illinois, the Illini are playing somewhat conservatively on offense. I mean, they're, you know, they were trying to run the ball, uh, play action. Um, you know, that sort of is tied a little bit better to a defense that uh, – you know, is trying to limit points and and did. Uh, opponents average, what, less than 13 points per game. You're just not going to see that here at Purdue, right? I mean, you, you cannot uh, you cannot have a defense that's allowing only 13 points per game when you have a potentially quick strike offense, right? So how do those two things end up uh, in a in a happy marriage? Yeah, that's that's going to be one of those those questions we're going to have to get answered Um because you're right, complimentary football. And yeah. at Illinois, like you said, Brett Bielema liked to play more of a physical style on offense. Wanted to run the ball, possess it, and, uh, you know, burn the clock, wear you down with that ground game. And, uh, you know, that, that type of an offense can be the best friend for a defense, obviously. Yeah. Keep your defense on the sideline for extended stretches. Like you said, Kyle, this offense, uh, more, of a, more of a quick pace, quick strike scheme that, uh, you know, there could be a lot of quick three and outs. And we saw this with Jeff Rahman throw that defense back out on the field. So, yeah, just sort of a sort of a different test and a different offense that this defense is going to be having to work with than what Ryan Walters uh, you know, did over in Champaign. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's always interesting, I mean, as you said, complementary football, how those two things work together to to be able to win football games. I mean, obviously your your goal if you're if you're the defense can be to only give up 12 points per game, but it just seems unrealistic when uh when they have to be on the field more often okay uh who are some of the newcomers you feel like we should be watching for on saturday yeah of course on offense all eyes will be on number one hudson card um boy again he's been um he's been off the charts good throughout the spring ball and training camp uh not just as a thrower but as, as a runner and also as a leader and i've had a lot of people just tell me time and again don't underestimate his athletic ability and his ability to run the football he's He's faster than you think. He can keep plays alive. He can extend plays. And, of course, if need be, he can, he can run the ball. So 
he could be a real dynamic weapon and, and the ultimate newcomer, I think, offensively. Uh, and, um, you know, I think the other real key newcomers to watch, I mean, there's going to be some on the offensive line, of course, but defensively, I think, um, I talked about the SEC transfers up front. Malik Langham from Vanderbilt's probably going to start, it sounds like. Jeffrey Emba from Auburn's going to play a big role. And Isaiah Nichols from Arkansas. Watch those three guys up front. And in the back end, um, you know, cornerback Marquise Wilson from Penn State probably is their number one cornerback. And the kid from Ole Miss, Marquevious Brown, probably is going to be the other start. He wears number one on defense. And then, of course, lastly, I think the true freshman from Westfield, Indiana, you know, just down at I-65, Dylan Thieneman, yeah, the youngest of the Thieneman brothers. Boy, he's going to start as a true freshman. You know, he started turning heads in the spring. He got here early, and he's continued to impress throughout camp in August. And, uh, again, they, they think a lot of this, this, this player, number 31, and he could be in store for a, a very productive and, and highly decorated Purdue career, it sounds like. Pretty good starting at safety um, as a freshman. That has not happened a lot at Purdue over the last 20 years. Uh, I guess Stu Schweigert. Brandon Irwin, I believe, started as a true freshman. He didn't last around campus all that long. Two other true freshman starters that they had at safety. Not not a, not a lot, it doesn't seem like, over the years. Pollard, yeah. probably. Yeah, right out of the gate, especially in the opener. You know, that's I'm 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 really not sure if guys should start right out of the gate at the opener, aside from maybe yeah. Stuart Schweiger. But you're right, just it's rare for any true freshman right out of the gate to start the number one game of the season, and then and then and the for on the first team is usually pretty rare. Uh, so yeah, this is a kid uh, who uh, is sort of uh, I guess mature for his years and has a nice skill set. He's going to be a lot of fun, like I said, to watch here. Uh, to watch you develop. What's the biggest concern going into Saturday? For me still, I think it's got to be – I mean, it's got to be at the offensive line, I think, right? I mean, especially with some of the injuries that Purdue has there and and what five go on the field, who snaps the ball on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those sort of things. I mean, you, you got to be a little bit concerned about that group, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah without a doubt, I think. Hartwig's out for sure. It's a chance uh, his backup, Josh Kaltenberger's, Probably not going to be ready either. Uh, it could be down to the number three center, Austin Johnson, on Saturday. Well, I think he can do. A, I think he can do a fine job. But then just a lot of other new parts. Two new guards sounds like they're going to have two transfers. Start a guard. Um, you know, Preston Nichols and Jalen Grant. Uh, how are they going to fare? And there's a chance Kyle, the number one left tackle, uh, Muhammad Musa, may not play. It sounds like he may be 50-50 here. He's hit a boot on a, on one of his lower legs, and if he can't go probably have to turn Daniel Johnson. So, yeah, that offensive line, you know, is going to be under scrutiny here in the opener. And then, of course, back to the secondary, which we talked about moments ago, that, that's the other area I think a lot of people are going to be watching with so many newcomers. Yeah, it's just hard to tell there. I mean, obviously, you know, you got a couple of cornerback transfers who came from good programs, so you would feel like there's some ability there, you would hope. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you're right there. I mean, again, I mean, they, they played ball. Marquise Wilson started games and yeah, Keith Brown at Ole Miss. He's, he's played a, he never started, but he played a decent amount in Oxford. So yeah, they're not total greenhorns. And, uh, but the depth, the depth at cornerback drops off pretty quick. They may end up going with a junior college transfer, Botros Alessandro could end up being the number three cornerback and they could have a true freshman 
see some time back there as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a position that, uh, again, that the starters look like they're pretty solid, but with Jamari Brown having transferred out of here uh, and one of their other cornerbacks, Slim Turner Muhammad, is still injured, you know, the depth's a little thin there at cornerback. You know, one position I think, Tom, that gets lost in everything is, is interior um, linebackers. Yeah. Well, it, 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 we talk so much about the outside guys. We talk about corners. We talk about Purdue up front. Um, what's Purdue doing on the interior of its uh, linebacker core? I think they'll be okay. They uh, sometimes only they only use one at a time in some of their schemes. So yeah. OC Brothers is the number one guy. Sounds like Yanni Karloftis is is probably the backup, and Clyde Washington. So they got three solid guys there. I think uh, more than capable of, of really manning that position. After those three. You're starting to dip down to redshirt freshman and true freshman. But I think between brothers, Karloftis, and Washington, Purdue should be pretty well set inside linebacker. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about uh, Fresno. We'll do that coming up next. This is Golden Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you are doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, early in the week here, what do we know about Fresno? Yeah, again, well coached. Again, Jeff yeah. Tedford, 61 years old. He's been around the block. Heck of an offensive mind. Uh, so he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a master at the X's and O's. And they're coming off, I think, a 10-win season in the Mountain West Championship last year. Again, their quarterback, Jake Hanner, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. So they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. Um, and again, offensively, they've got uh, supposed to have a good offensive line and they got one veteran back. So they're going to have some weapons there. They'll, they'll be ready defensively. Like I said earlier, very good defensive coordinator, an older guy. And they're, they're supposed to have a good D line. I'm told and two very, uh, two very good cornerbacks and they're their top linebackers returning. So if anybody is a college football you know, a fan really knows the history of Fresno State going back to the Pat Hill days in the 90s. It's always a tough, hard-nosed program. has a chip on its shoulder, always plays above its – punches above its weight. 
And uh, they've knocked off a lot of big-time programs over the years. So, again, always one of the better, I guess, group of five programs out there. Purdue seems to always open up with a game that matters. Uh, this one does a lot, it seems like. I think if I was the athletic director, I would just have a lifetime contract with, like, Ball State. <laughs> open well, every give me year. FCS, yeah, FCS opponent. Yeah, every year you come to Ross-Aid. You get beat 45 to 10, you learn some things, <laughs> Purdue's 1-0. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't always work out that way. Uh, Fresno's pretty good. Man, yeah. it, sets up, it sets up what is a significant first five games here in September for Purdue, especially as you start to uh, look at uh, trying to get back to the postseason uh, this year for the third year in a row. Uh, these games – these games in September are going to matter because things get real uh, in October. Maybe it loosens up a little bit in November, but if you're going to get to six or more, it starts on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, um, you hate to overstate the importance of any one game, but my, my gosh, this, this, this opener is a big one for Purdue because of how the schedule does set up. You're referencing Kyle. Um, the month of September has got five games, four at home, and um, – just from a, I guess, a perspective and an image standpoint, you'd like to get off with a W, right? You got a new era, a new head coach, a renovated stadium. You, again, you, you you always want to come out with a good opening sobble and leave everybody with a good taste in their mouth because um, you're going to need some momentum, Kyle. You're going to Virginia Tech next week, right? I know the Hokies aren't what they what they were under, under Frank Beamer, but still, that's a Lane Stadium's a raucous environment. And they got something to prove in Blacksburg. They're going to be hungry. So you hate to go down there 0-1. And then after that, of course, you got three games at home. And Syracuse at night. And you have the Friday night game against Wisconsin. And then you finish up on the 30th homecoming against Illinois. So, again, boy, you, if you like to project and look ahead, like we all do in the media, Purdue's got to be at least 3-2, and two, I think, if they want to have a good shot at the postseason coming out of September here Um and it has to begin, I think, with a win here against a Fresno team that last time I looked, Kyle, was about a four-point underdog to Purdue. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. You've got to get off to a good start. Probably need to win three games of those first five. All right, you mentioned some injuries earlier, especially those along the offensive line. Uh, Purdue will, by the way, release an NFL-like injury report on Thursdays, right? So uh, who do you anticipate seeing on that list here for game one? Yeah, there'll be a lot of guys. I'm not sure how many real key contributors will be on that list, but um, I think we'll see Gus Hart. He's a key contributor. Maybe we'll see Musa. Again, there's there's different different levels or different, I guess, strata on these injury reports, so I can't say for sure. Probable, doubtful. Yeah. Um, again, um, I'm not sure who's going to be all slotted where, but I do, I do think Hartwood will be out. The key one will be how Musa's listed, what his status is going to be, I think offensively and Josh Kaltenberger as well receiver you know we know the FAU kids out um they should have everybody there tight end everybody should be there of course the running backs too uh and then defensively um you know they got like Prince Boyd's out for a while but he's not a real key guy uh and I think um you know defensively I don't think there's anybody that's really key that I can think of that's supposed to play a big role right now out of the shoot that I would suspect is going to be out, listed as out. So, yeah, Purdue's going to make that switch 
to go to a uh, issue an injury report. It's just too bad not everybody in the Big Ten in the nation doesn't do something like this. Uh, as if I was a head coach, I would like just to just so I don't have to deal with questions about injuries. Just issue this report and say we're not talking about injuries. Here's our injury report, and just button it up, and that you can move on each week, right? Yeah, if I was a coach, I would never answer injury. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I would never answer them. So this is probably a good way to get the information out there without having to answer it every Thursday night. Because I wouldn't want to do it. I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't know. Everybody's a game time decision. Literally everyone. <laughs> the whole team will decide on Saturday morning. You sound like you sound like old Bill Snyder at Kansas yeah. State. Yep. All right, Tom, enjoy your week. <laughs> you too, my friend. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Chargers. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.